0: hello and welcome to movies on the side this is steven Robles,
1: and this is nate Baranowski.
0: and today we are talking about the movie from 2022 the biopic elvis it's the whole name of the movie that's it elvis
1: by baz lerman our guy
0: baz or boz what was boz
1: lerman it could be boz
0: He's Australian. Oz, it Baz. feels
1: Boz, right? Uh, Not yeah, Baz.
0: yeah, I think so. But Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, Helen Thompson, a bunch of big names in here. I want to I want to hit this right off the bat. I, we need to address something that we've done a long time on this podcast. Mm, it's been a long-standing uh, corner, as you would say. We usually open the show with this. Mm-hmm. And Nate, now I have mixed feelings about it. I think maybe you know where I'm going. But we usually... We Mm -hmm. usually talk about the Rotten Tomato score, and I ask you to guess what you think it is, and then Mm I will confirm or say Mm -hmm. what it was. But do you recall the article I sent you about Rotten Tomatoes? Do you remember this?
1: Yeah, that it's uh, like a nefarious <laughs> Sith-led uh, <laughs> bullying tactic for marketing campaigns. So what yes. you're saying is you want to kind of uncouple our episodes from Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Listen, I'm not trying to be on a high horse or even a low horse. I don't even like to we, can, no, we horses, can be on either. a high horse. We can be on a okay, high horse. Well, you be on the high horse. I'll be in the the side coat. Is there a side <laughs> like you know a motorcycle? You have like the side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Coat. Do you have that for horses? Yeah. You I mean, I have a.
1: How about a little smaller horse? You can ride next to it like the a,
0: a smaller horse is gonna do well with me i think i need to i need to leave a carriage how about a baby elephant like, i'll do it i'll do a middle a medium-sized elephant Not not okay, as big I'll, as the one I'll, But, no, no. Down, but you know. i'll
1: ride the horse Are you, you sit horse? in the carriage in the back that my horse i'll is sit pulling. in the
0: carriage yeah i like that i'll do that i'll say yeah <laughs> you, ride no, the horse. you
1: can't say yeah because i'm riding the horse in front so please do not whip me nor do anything <laughs> yeah. to startle the man view, uh, riding hanging, the horse but,
0: Anyway, I don't know if we should uncouple ourselves from Rotten Tomatoes. Basically, long story short, uh, you know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is still like a big thing in Hollywood. Like, viewers will go to Rotten Tomatoes on opening weekend of a movie and be like, oh, it's got 77% Rotten Tomatoes from critics, which is what this says. Like, oh, it's probably good. We should go see it. Apparently, the system is gamed a lot and studios, maybe even like Mm -hmm. other actors will literally find critics that are still count for the critic score of Rotten Tomatoes, but are just lesser known and are maybe easily swayed by things that they'll just put a bunch of high scores in there initially so the movie can have like a boost opening weekend and then they don't really care what happens long term after that. That's right. why sometimes you see that score vary widely from the you know beginning to the end. So I don't know. I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is like maybe not the thing. Good,
1: anymore. because I have something to fill it in right away. Oh, you perfect. you plucked the rotten tomatoes out of the ground. I'm about to plant a new tree. <laughs> you ready? Oh, so many analogies. Yes, please. Here is our new segment. Okay. Before we talk about this movie, I yeah. want to ask you, oh. going into this movie, mm-hmm. what were your preconceived notions about it? So I want right. from a zero to five, just how we do our rating at the end. Yeah. I want you to do a rating of like excitement level going into seeing it because I like to see or the like expectation level before starting because I want to see
0: where we where
1: we start and versus where we, where we finish.
0: Yep, this is good. Okay, so I want to say the last biopic I had seen was I think Rocket Man and that was with Taron Egerton. Was this also Boz Lerman? No. No, this was that was Dexter so. Fletcher as the director. No. Okay. Boz so, has
1: done Australia, which we have done on right. this show with Enjoy Hugh Jackman that. in one of the top Henley performances of all time.
0: Moulin Academy Rouge,
1: version. a special a movie yes. close to our hearts and our singing yes. brains. Yes. Uh, the Romeo and Juliet my with
0: gift is my soul.
1: And, and this, this one's, one's for you
0: so I said, I said it was going to be a singing episode so anyway yeah okay so okay and also we'll uh, remember, uh, romeo yeah. and juliet with leonardo dicaprio did you ever see that oh, one back yes, in the I day did. he I also did. directed that one I think I saw that in school. Actually, I feel like they Mm -hmm. rolled in the TV. That was like
1: that was the like (laughs) the the Romeo Juliet. Cool, hey Hey, kids, you guys like Leonardo DiCaprio? (laughs) Yeah, you've seen. You all saw your parents' uh, VHS version of Titanic while they slept. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, So I like Baz Luhrmann. I've liked all his past work. So I was excited for it. Tom Hanks is always a good show, but I also knew like I didn't know the Elvis story. But mm-hmm. I I had an expectation like this is gonna be sad and or rough like I knew drugs were part of the picture and I honestly had no idea about like Tom Hanks's character in real life like this is I you know very I think close ish to Elvis's life it's a biopic but so I was like not really sure about it but I was I was hesitant so I didn't see it right mm. away okay I was, like this is gonna be heavy I knew it was gonna be heavy mm. I'm sure it was gonna be good but heavy so I was like going in I would have said like three. Like this is okay. a three movie. That's that's the context I have. What about you?
1: Yeah i I was also kind of balanced on this because one, I wanted like I've been loving his stuff, but For sure. it's a long one, and I knew it was going to oh. be a long one because yes. our boy Boz does not mess around with movies that don't take you on a journey. That's your like book. Australia felt like it was Basel. like four hours, like oh, four yeah. hours of like. Hey, you want to just let's go all the way in? It's got like a three-part act s- to it. You're
0: gonna see Hugh Jackman and Henley for three hours, Which nonstop.
1: I don't mind. I'll take it. I don't mind. Not at all. Let's okay. do it. So, but I also I didn't have a whole lot of interest in Elvis the person. Like I knew the songs. Right. I owned right. a karaoke machine in the <laughs> mid '90s. That definitely had a Hound Dog. Like I was. I, I knew his music, but I didn't know much about yeah. him. Except I remember as a kid, there was a clock that someone had on their wall. I don't even know where it was, but it was a, like a family friend. And they had a clock, and his Elvis' arms were the minute and the hour hand. Wow. And they spun around with the time, and his Terrible. hips were the metronome and so his hips would go left and right (laughs) tick with the seconds as (laughs) his hands went around and that was my impression
0: (laughs) you gotta (laughs) go find the image (laughs) we have to put an explicit tag on this episode now because you said his hips were the seconds and they're just going back and forth.
1: Uh, Yep, his (laughs) hips were the metronome anyway so i'm gonna say i kind of had a lower i went two, kind of going into it i wanted to see it it, but i almost wanted to see it as like i'm going to like this probably but I don't Probably. really care. Like it took me a while to actually see it. Like I just finished it, right? Like yesterday.
0: Yeah, it, t- it took me a while to, to gin it up. Now, so my history with Elvis is almost nothing. Like I really oh, didn't yes. know much about him. But my very first musical, Nate, mm. was my very first musical. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you this? Ever tell you this story?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: My a- eighth grade year in junior high school, it was the mm-hmm. first musical I was ever in, and it was Bye Bye Birdie, and I was conrad birdie how i landed that role as my debut charisma
1: riz i would say right
0: i had zero riz (laughs) at any point in school i was literally wearing hawaiian shirts five days a week to junior high no idea how i managed this but i was conrad stop yes tell me
1: why hawaiian shirts just pause tell me about yourself what was your psyche
0: I felt comfortable in them and thought they looked good. I learned years later that everyone thought I looked crazy, but I, I rocked them. Even it's a freshman year of high school. Must have been shirts. like a
1: piece of media that you saw at some point in time that you said
0: like hawaiian shirts or i think i saw it in a store one time and i was like that look at that look palm trees this man named tommy bahama is a silky material a genius like the material was so different than other shirts i was like this is wonderful like it's this like wearing like- bowling shirts
1: to school every day <laughs>
0: <laughs> I literally kid you not. It was Hawaiian shirts many days. Of like week, like so. big
1: floral prints. We're talking too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Like ferns, leaves, like like, and palm trees, and then all you big weren't even ones. in Florida yet. I wasn't. I just even realized yet. this. Maybe, you maybe, weren't. This a, I was in New York. I was in upstate New York wearing Hawaiian shirts to junior high, and somehow I was Conrad Bird. Oh, that's Bird. good. Oh, that's I don't even. Good. Know. I don't know. Man, I don't even know my life trajectory. I don't know. I don't know how these things happen. So, do you own a Hawaiian shirt now? No, I don't know. Like anymore.
1: a full-on Hawaiian shirt.
0: I gotta get one now. I think. I think. No, I should like, get a shirt. I'm
1: talking big yeah. old flowers, like magnolias, hibiscus flowers. I mean, I would rock I'm it there.
0: now because I, I careth not what others might think as I go we've, to Target and look for we've my family. We've Stanley talked in a previous
1: coat. episode about our levels of self-confidence and caring what others oh. think. And we can are at you, a good inflection point.
0: Can I tell you, Nate, this is this is slightly off topic. It's It has to do with our appearance. So I have a YouTube channel, and I have a couple of videos that have done very well recently. And it was one of the first <laughs> times where I've gotten comments on my appearance, namely my haircut. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, people like felt the need to comment on my haircut, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Negative comments. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is a new. This is a new experience. Mm-hmm. All dudes, of course. They were just of course. Like ridiculous haircuts. So I was like, you know, no what? one
1: slid into your DMs.
0: I'm gonna keep my whatever haircut people think this is. Get a big Hawaiian shirt, and I'm gonna be good to go. I'm there gonna, you go. I'll, I'll do the videos in the Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, you're all that, set. I, I can't I believe
1: you're you're big enough now to get trolled. It's great. I've been
0: trolled. It's an honor, really. It's an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I, I you got good it. About it. So Conrad Birdie. What I was told back then in junior high school was this is like an Elvis character. Like Conrad Birdie is an Elvis, you know, archetype. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I have zero idea who that is. I have no idea who it was supposed to be. Elvis was. I've never heard. I have no idea. You know the su- Pharaoh in Joseph, <laughs> amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat.
1: Yes, that one. <laughs> yeah, that was closer I mean, to me knowing about Elvis than it was to right. actually knowing Elvis. Uh,
0: so I had no idea, and I really don't think I did ma- much research even then in junior high. So that was my first experience. No idea. I was supposed to emulate him, and like I had no idea, like a lot of charisma, whatever. So that was my first experience. And then my son Jordan actually did Elvis as like a presentation for a school one time, and he like dressed up as Elvis and he learned how to do the ho, uh, and uh, that was you know really cool. So that was it. That was my experience with Elvis. But I did know, I knew that Elvis not only was the king of rock and roll—that's what he was called—but mm-hmm. I knew Elvis was like the impetus for many other kinds of music, and was kind of like a like the twelve-bar blues. Like that was like Elvis's thing. And I know like Mm -hmm. jazz was before that and all that kind of stuff, but like this mix of blues and rock and roll, like I knew Elvis was like a big part of that and like his music changed and affected music for years to come. So that's what I knew. Right.
1: Right. I, I think, I think a few years ago while learning, like while living in Chicago and learning a little bit more about blues and learning it, it was kind of told to me in a, Not a dismissive way, but like a hey, Elvis like gets a lot of credit for basically taking black artists' songs and just being a white artist who just brought it to everyone. And this movie sort of, for the most part, posits it as like Elvis was doing some like really loved the art form, loved gospel, rhythm and blues, and right like made him happy and he brought it to everyone i guess on the less generous side it could be like he sort of whitewashed it to a maybe a country that wasn't ready to embrace a non-white artist Mm -hmm. singing at that point so there's a little bit of like history behind it that is fascinating i'd love to like learn more about i'm very very like music styles uh, naive like i really don't know like about sure. the history of music like i had heard of bb king like i i knew a few artists right. here and there but i was wildly not knowledgeable about any of this
0: <laughs> right so he was he was born in 1935 you know so early ish 1900s um i also knew that he like obviously the shaking of the hips which was like his big Mm -hmm. shtick live on stage i knew whatever things movements he was doing on stage was like largely like everyone over the age of what 30 or 40 was like this is of the devil like literally calling it the devil like his movements yes but we
1: sat in a strange point because our at least my parents and their generation sort of looked at Elvis with like a like a smile of like, oh, it turns out he wasn't like he didn't corrupt the nation in this way. But my grandparents' generation, I remember getting a few things about Elvis, but it was it was a mix because Elvis was around in my life. Like the songs were here and there. And like sure. I think we had an Elvis Christmas record yeah, in my Christmas house record. growing up. Like right, 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 he right. was around and I had seen part of my Elvis past is I had seen some of his movies. So a, a big, um, what's Turner classic. What did it use to AMC used to just AMC be old AMC. movies way back right, right. before they got cool, uh, walking yes. dead shows. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I had seen a few of them and it's like, here's a guy who can't help, but just start busting out into song. in his movies and so they just felt like popcorny things and
0: and we watched when my son was doing that presentation we watched videos like of elvis doing the the jailhouse rock or whatever and like we saw this stuff and honestly seeing the movie and how he was like seeing what the show would have been like in las vegas which of kin again boz lerman does amazing at this kind of thing spectacle live performance spectacle and like surely it was a spectacle when elvis was alive and we're actually doing this and like Oh, yeah, this would have been like like an amazing thing to see. This would have been just an, a huge experience. And it was funny. I was in Las Vegas a few months ago uh, back in March, and there's like statues of Elvis randomly, because that's where he was for many he years. Was. Big statue. Yeah, he was just there. But uh, here's, a, here's I had a huge gap
1: in my knowledge of Elvis between I knew that Elvis did these songs. I knew he was young and in these movies that I saw and then yeah. i knew of the elvis impersonator elvis with the really <laughs> long sideburns and like uh the the guy who comes to do an elvis impersonator at some like school event or something and the big like right. cape and all like the yeah, glitter the and big cape, yeah. but i didn't see how those connected but i knew he went from one <laughs> to <laughs> right. the other right. but when people right. did elvis impersonations it was always the latter it was always right.
0: That guy, <laughs> <laughs> which I just, I just remembered the song, the big song in Bye Bye Birdie. Mm-hmm. It was, you gotta be sincere, you gotta be sincere. I don't remember the whole thing. But anyway, that was the, that was the big song I sang. Uh, that mm. was, and you had to run across the stage and the girls are like fainting or whatever. It's funny. I, I, this is going to sound weird, but I, I kind of want to start at the end yes. of this movie because it's a it. very, The very end of this movie, they actually show a clip from Elvis's, I think it's his final performance. Right. Two weeks before he died. Like Yeah. Two weeks before he died. He like, but he does this performance. They just kind of let it play. Just him singing. And if anything, this movie helped me understand, like he was a musician, like this man, like he could sing. And, like, he had a musical mind. And, like, even in that clip at the very end of the movie, like, I was moved. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, when he performed, and I think that's one of the things this movie does really well and I enjoyed seeing, is, and kudos to Austin Butler in his performance. When Elvis performed, like, he put it all there. Like, he was performing. Like, he was not phoning it in. And he was doing it. Yes. I think he loved obviously the attention and that becomes problematic, but I do think he just loved the music. Like he just loved right. to do it and seeing him at the piano, even like not looking great because drunk, no. whatever, like he does not look good, right. but singing like 110% just playing to, like his heart out. I was like, Oh wow. This guy was actually like the deal. Like, it wasn't right. just hype. Like, it wasn't because there was just no one else around. Right. Like, this guy actually had talent and skill. Super
1: talented, right. Like,
0: oh, wow. And so that, if anything, it gave me an appreciation for, like, him as a musician, a person, like, his history and, like, how he played into the, the zeitgeist for the years and decades following. So I, I right. appreciate it for that.
1: Right. He has been so cartoonified
0: Cartoon, i was just gonna say cartoonized yeah that that's what
1: actually I mean. seeing like the real person and seeing like wow like the guy can also like belt it he can yeah, really exactly. like
0: yeah he can really belt do, it.
1: he can really do it it's like, wow it was awesome. yeah i love when these type of movies same thing for rocket man humanize yeah. the person's life Yes. Because it is so easy to just be like, yeah, Elton John, just like you see, like yeah. the superstar, yeah. Elvis, the king. Like it's, right. it, they just become icons, and right. you you lose, and unfortunately, they become icons that are then like, yeah, and he did a lot of drugs, like that was his downfall, kind of thing, <laughs> but right, and it's I, such a wi- it's, it's embarrassing like a to say, over. like I never thought to myself. I don't wonder why he did a lot of drug, like right. wh- how this came to be, how someone right. who seemingly had everything that quote unquote, the world could offer him. Right. And so starting from that point, I will yeah. say that the scene of him meeting with Priscilla in the car and the yeah. scene with her leaving him in the house of Her just being like, I have just wanted a husband, and Lisa Marie wants a dad, and you're not able to do any of that was heartbreaking to see. It was a, and to think this guy had, and even now, like we, even people who would cartoonify him would say, like, he's one of the most influential musicians of the last hundred years. And like, Wait, it said I said in like the card at the end, one of the highest selling solo artists ever, and like all of that, and then you go back to but he didn't like his life ended very, very sad. he lost like the person who knew him best and yeah. like kind of the, this he sings that song all the time. Uh, I'm caught in a can. I can't walk out, or Man, whatever. I caught in a what? Is, caught in a what? Oh, I'm okay. caught in a.
0: Oh, that's so. You sounds so like good doing it. I'm, I'm looking. I
1: can't go. And there was a part where it caught in a trap, over. Right? Caught in yeah, a trap. trap. I'm yeah, caught right. in a trap. I can't go back. So real. That like he was so was real. So, <laughs> so like, real. he truly was. Seemed like Vegas was like his cage. That well, okay, his his yes. his his manager was like, stay here. This, this is okay. This like Tom Hanks, okay. partly of his own doing as well, but yes,
0: partly his own doing. But Tom Hanks, who plays Colonel Tom Parker, who was an actual part of Elvis's real life, like true story, being his manager basically did him did, dirty. Not did not enjoy
1: that voice did not enjoy that voice did I don't know that if voice. that was his real voice, but I did not enjoy it. maybe I'm not supposed to, but
0: but like see like at the beginning man <laughs> at the beginning, you think, okay, this guy has Elvis's, maybe he's trying to help him succeed, obviously he's riding on the coattails, but he's also helping Elvis out, and then, as the movie progresses and you see him like get into gambling debt. And so he makes deals with the Vegas hotel to lock Elvis in for years of a contract. And then like the internet, like I cannot tell you, I don't know why, but there was a part in this, I guess in the real life Elvis and in this movie where he wanted to go on an international tour. It was going to be his first time like touring around the world. And it was Colonel Tom Parker that like, basically didn't want him to do it, not because he said, like, it's not safe or whatever, but it's because he wanted him at the hotel because the hotel was going to give Colonel Tom Parker a kickback if Elvis stayed. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this dude ruined Elvis's opportunity to actually tour around the world where he probably would have had like Michael Jackson level crowds like internationally which like we have scenes of Michael Jackson in like Budapest or whatever with like crazy crowds we right. never get that from Elvis because he didn't have the opportunity to and because of this guy and i got to tell you Tom Hanks like in Cloud Atlas he he makes you mad he's frustrating because he's actually the bad guy there but this right. this might be one of his best bad guy role because i just could not stand him and i was so right. angry at that character which i guess the real person too like eventually or in real life but it was just it was just wild and i was like yelling not, not i didn't actually yell the screen but just like in my mind like stop listening to this guy like please fire this guy right. don't listen to him anymore
1: was he's so got sad. he's got his i don't know who jerry is in his life but he has like the one guy who's like hey this like
0: It's a parasite. The guy's a parasite. I,
1: this is something yeah. that I think knocks this movie down a little bit. Not because it's the movie's fault, but when you know how it ends, and when you know he doesn't really like it it's not a happy ending for Elvis. Like I this I knew. <laughs> right. It's it's hard to be like I'm cheering for him to like have things better with his family and like yeah. get what he really wants out of life, but knowing like what starts so beautiful like his first show at international is like really set up as like wow like these two vegas and elvis are made for each other this is ultimate spectacle and like a killer performance but all of a sudden that thing is like oh no
0: and which can i just say after being in vegas for the first time and maybe the last i would not want to be locked there (laughs) I would not want to be there for years and years, literally living in a hotel. Like Elvis lived in a hotel. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And not like idea. Colonel Tom Parker literally had like a doctor with drugs on hand <laughs> to be able to get Elvis back into performing, uh, like status. And it's like, wow, this is, this is rough. Yeah. So anyway, end of his life is rough. And also the middle of his life. Let's be honest. Like that was right. all, it was all now- rough
1: then we go all the way back as we keep going backwards. I think this early to early half of the movie was really riveting for me. Mm -hmm. I think seeing young Elvis and the sort of rise of his stardom and sort of the very strange and kind of creepy relationship with his mom and like that whole family dynamic. Strange. All was like, I couldn't look away. Like it all felt like, what is this? This What is happening here? What is going on? Weird. I would say, and I, I can't speak to the actual version, like the real version of the song, but him walking through Beale street and then cutting Hound dog with another song, I think by Doja cat as the artist behind it. And like modern rap pulled on top of him as he like slow motion walks through Beale street. Yes. Very cool, like a very coo- cool. like c o o l cool scene
0: <laughs> that was very cool. I also you know, whenever he, when he went into the studio to record, those were always very like exciting moments, like it was like, oh man, like, and again, like he pours it all out, like he pours passion mm-hmm. into that. And I did love that kind of initial scene. I, he might be a kid, I think, but he discovers basically, like the gospel tent meeting, right. And he goes in there and he hears this music, and it's like, I love this moment because it's a moment like I want for all of my kids. And I think maybe they've had some of these moments already where they hear something, a sound, a type of music, a genre for the first time. And then like, it just literally opens your mind to say, I didn't even know this was possible. Right. I didn't know that things could sound like this. And now I want to do it. Like seeing that moment portrayed in this uh, movie was cool, but I think it just makes it such it's so real because especially when it comes to music like that's what I want you know I want my all my kids to be able to hear something and be like I didn't even know that was possible and it's wonderful and I want
1: that. I I will give you two examples of one that has happened in my own life and I'd like you to Ooh. think about one that has happened in yours cuz I have okay, two yeah. very specific and very opposite things The okay. very first time as a relatively young kid I went to a concert or not a concert like a I don't know affair or something with my family and I heard for the first time a man play a banjo <laughs> yes. and I remember thinking how is he able to make so much sound with his fingers it felt impossible that he yes. could yes. and I was like I don't how are you even able to play that and oh, I man. was transfixed by I think it was a small enough sort of venue that I was able to go up and see the banjo afterwards, because I was yes. like, "There's got to be more to it than like, I've heard a guitar played, but how can this sound come out of this thing? And I loved it. It felt yes. like the most technical, technically, like, amazing thing that I had heard. So that's one. Oh, that's so the good. other yes. thing was, I believe, around early college time. And yeah. this was hearing dubstep for the first yeah. time and learning what <laughs> yeah, a drop yeah. was. And yes, I remember that whole, like the very first time that I heard a,
0: <laughs>
1: like a, that in a loud sense, like it has kind of been like laughed at as a, as a mu- right, music form a later now, as yeah. a genre. But yeah. when I first heard it, and all of its like overwhelming sound thing of this, it's all meant to lead to a drop that is supposed to just be like blowing you away with bass and
0: sound, a wall of sound coming (laughs) towards you. I thought,
1: I have never heard anything like this before. So those are two very different (laughs) times for me.
0: Bro, that is, I'm so glad you asked this question. This was such a good thing to, to talk about. While you were talking, I had four come to mind. <laughs> so I want
1: to start all, right, all you got to go. You do Quickly. find the two best ones or the fat, Yeah, go fast with them.
0: I'll go fast. When I was in college, someone showed me the Bale of Fleck and the Fleck tones with Victor Wooten on bass. They're like DVD live from the quick. I didn't even know a bass could sound like that. And Bale of Fleck plays the banjo. Didn't know banjo could sound like that. It was amazing. It played electric mm. banjo. It was nuts. That was awesome. Trumpet wise. The first time I heard Maynard Ferguson and Chris Bodie I then proceeded to see them live in concert at the Blue Note. Maynard Ferguson just plays like these super high notes just screaming. I was like, I didn't know this was possible. I love it. And then Chris Bode, just his smooth sound was amazing. Uh, But the two also in in college, these both happened my freshman year. One was I went to a friend's dorm room and he put on the Dave Matthews Live in Central Park DVD.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I had never heard Dave Matthews. I also really didn't hear much of any pop music before college because you know pretty sheltered. And so I was like, "Whoa, this drummer is amazing! Like this violin dude is like going crazy! Like I don't like I don't even know what's happening. I just love all of it." And so that kind of blew my. Mind. I don't listen to any Dave Matthews now because whatever, but <laughs> it blew my mind at the time. <laughs> right. Uh, but then the other one though that I really felt like. The, what, the moment Elvis had in here. And like, I have to preface this by saying like, kids don't listen to this until we like we talk about it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it is my freshman year, TJ Shirley. He was like, have you ever heard of Maroon 5? And I was like, mm. I not what am talking about. And so we, he played, I think we sat in his truck and uh-huh. he played Maroon Five Songs About Jane, that album. And yes,
1: I know the album.
0: I was like, my mind just listened to
1: it front to back.
0: I feel like we, we must've listened to like four to five tracks in a row. Yes. And I was just like, what is this? Like, it just sounded amazing to me. Like it was funky and just like Mm -hmm. hearing the different instruments and, and Adam Levine singing. I was like, this is wonderful. Like, this is amazing. Like, how can I listen to more of this? And so that, that was like, I don't know. It, it changed right. just my perspective. Like it was just wonderful. So th- those are right. my, my moments.
1: Yeah. I, w- I will add to just my, yeah, yeah. also my intro into rap music also came later due to my sheltered past. But it like, that was a time where I think because of sports, I realized that like, hold on a second, here's a genre of music that sort of gets me like amped up in a way I've never had another type of music at that point. I mean like this gives me like I feel competitive like I a drive. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, hey, uh, drive. Don't don't power. Hey, hey Robles kids hey Robles kids don't listen to this song <laughs> until you talk to your dad. Um,
0: I don't even but know. I, rem-
1: so I remember the song. Remember the name that the 15 percent 5 percent oh hundred percent reason to remember the name it has that song uh, if you if you i mean i don't know how much editing you're gonna do with this but uh that's that (laughs) intro to that song has like one of those oh i feel like i can run through a brick wall and i've never had music make me feel so like I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to grind. Ready I'm to ready go. to do whatever it takes. I'm okay. like, let's go. Right. Like, I will climb this mountain now. And that was like, for me, music has always been about like the emotions that go with it, like sure. oh, how it makes me feel. And so that was like a new emotion.
0: <laughs> that's that's really good. That's good. Well, okay. Elvis. I to say about this movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, here's what I want to say. Yeah, I think it's beautifully done. I think this movie is beautifully done. This (laughs) movie is long,
0: two two hours thirty eight minutes. Movie is long. It feels like four hours long. (laughs) It
1: feels like yes, it feels feels very very long. It because it takes
0: you through a a man's life. Yeah, like literally from (laughs) like kid to (laughs) death. Like it It is all there at the thirty to forty minute mark. It's just kind of hard. Like everything is just hard and not great. Right. So and but
1: it has done something beautiful, which is it makes me care posthumously about Elvis.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah like
1: yeah. I care about this guy who I have never yeah. met, who was never alive when I was alive. But I think like, oh man, that's a bummer. Also right. great musician. And I think that's a noble thing for a movie to do. Other than like, it's definitely entertaining at times and interesting and sad. Right. But it made me care about Elvis, which is something that I had never done personally before.
0: And it must be the purpose. I mean, like when we did, did we talk about Rocket Man on this podcast? Yeah, I I think so. I think we did. We reviewed it. We we both watched it. Yeah. And like that movie, I knew some of Elton John's songs. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know much about him. Like seeing that movie, it again, like gave a new appreciation. Like, oh, and he's still alive. So you can like actually appreciate this while he still lives. (laughs) Uh, But you're like, oh my goodness. Well, A... He's actually an incredible musician. You know, I feel like a lot of times we see these big celebrities and we're like, oh, they must have like achieved this uh, through some back channels or they can't really be that talented. And it's like, no, actually, these people got famous because they are talented. Like it it helps answer that question. And maybe that's not always the case. But for Elton John, that was the case. And like seeing that. And now with Elvis, like, oh, he like a new appreciation. Like he was actually, he cared about the music. He cared about what he was singing. Like he wasn't just like doing jokey music, even though that's kind of how it portrays like Elvis impersonators or whatever. Like he actually cared about the music. He was legitimately uh, a great musician and singer. And yeah, like he, like there were mistakes made along the way. And he had like terrible people like Colonel Tom Parker around him, like not making it easy, but like he was, he, he was someone to be respected at least in, in the aspects that uh, he was a great musician and performer for his time. So,
1: It 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 really made me look back and think like man, I I, we get reminded all over and over again, but like the amount of money that he brought in for himself and the people around him, probably ludicrous amounts, just like amazing amounts, and and like all of that, the hill of beans. Hilla Beans.
0: Hilla Beans and also Colonel Tom Parker just completely Except
1: it does make me, if I'm ever near Graceland, mm. I, I, I would be I more to tempted to swing by now.
0: Yeah, I'd be tempted to swing by. I assume, just, it, like, I assume they filmed parts in,
1: or they, maybe they, they set up a set similar to it.
0: Maybe. I mean, I'm, I assume it would be pretty easy to film there. I mean, just so, like, nothing good really happened in there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some good, maybe. But... I don't know. Anyway, how would we rate this movie? So right. I said a three at the beginning. What did you yep. say? A two? You were going with a that was two? a two going into it. I mean, I'll, I'll give this movie a four. A four mm. biopic. It's, it's Again, it's a hard watch, you know, but it's still like you appreciate it. And like it's engrossing and engaging. And you learn about Elvis. And Baz Luhrmann yeah. knows what he's doing with these biopics. So I'll give it a four. Yeah. What do you say? I'm going to give it. I think I'm going to give it
1: a four as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah i actually think this is a movie i mean it's on prime so if you have
0: oh there you go
1: if you have prime it's it's on there you can just <laughs> watch it, it if
0: it's on prime native will tell you <laughs> okay, yeah it
1: is it is and so i would say this is a movie that i would recommend to most people to watch i think it's i think it's a good movie i would recommend that people give it a try you will know after 30 minutes if this is your jam or not and sure. if it's not you don't okay. have to watch the other two and hours and 20 <laughs> minutes of it or whatever. So
0: Yeah, you could just hang out.
1: You just keep yeah. going for it. It's definitely a ride. It's a ride through it's, it. I, I would say Australia is still probably my favorite Baz Moulin. movie. But I, I mean, Mulan. like this one yeah. and Mulan. I haven't seen Mulan Rouge in a while, so... Rose That's colored why, glasses and all, but
0: exactly. That's why I'm a little like, I would say Moulin, Moulin Rouge would be my favorite, but I haven't seen it in a while. Like I've seen Australia more recently than, mm-hmm. and that was like two or three years ago. So I haven't seen it in a while, right. but Ewan and McGregor and Nicole Kidman, I'm just saying, see, they're good. It's they're good. good. Uh, Not a whole lot of like
1: romance, romance in this one. I mean, I think their relationship is important, but it's more about the, the breaking of Priscilla and Elvis and right. his fame.
0: Yeah, the Elephant Love Medley from uh, Moulin Rouge, so good. It's I used very to listen good. to that. I used to listen to that on repeat, repeat. Mm. Anyway, and then I would play Lady Marmalade and I would uh, blast it in my Toyota Echo <laughs> until the speakers distorted. Uh, that was yeah. That was my anyway. That's a
1: good a good musical moment in the life <laughs> and like a, a little learning part. of French.
0: This is... A <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I'm not going to do it now. Uh, no. Listen, <laughs> listeners and viewers. What you should do right now is go to patreon.com slash movies on the side, or you can support us directly on Apple Podcasts. We recorded, I think, a full-on 40-minute bonus episode on Incredible Adventure, me finding a Stanley Cup. That sounds boring. That was not a good selling pitch. No. It, it was, you said Stanley
1: exciting. Cup, which is the trophy in hockey, which sounded right. very... It's not that. It's not a it's Stanley not, Cup.
0: It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it is a Stanley Cup. That is right. It was that, and uh, I forgot what to talk about. But it was very good. It was a good bonus episode. You just listen to it. You can access all the bonus episodes when you support the show over there. It went so off the that. rails. Yeah, yeah, it, it went off the rails. Links are in the uh, episode description if you want to do that. And then, uh, as we always say, Wise men say, I'm a tear to my eye. "Only
1: fools rush in." Mm. But I can't help falling in love
0: with you. Have you ever thought about being an Elvis impersonator? You ain't no the mother <laughs> hound,
1: crying all the time.
0: No, I haven't (laughs) until right now. Until right now. That's pretty good.